Yo, what's up, guys? This is Dave with Dynasty Dorks. We're a year-round fantasy football podcast, and we do dynasty and redraft content. Thanks for the follow. Good luck this week. What's going on, guys? We have a mock draft to recap and to bring out. I brought a special guest to help break it down. Uh, hopefully, he is uh, easy on the uh, the drafters here. Uh, but Michael F. Florio, uh, thanks for coming on, man. It's been a little while. Um, for those that, that don't know, uh, he's a fantasy analyst for NFL Network, NFL.com, and Roto Baller. Uh, this is the second time on the show, man. Thanks for, thanks for coming on. Thanks for having me, man. Uh, happy we were able to find a time to make it work. Yeah, and uh, just make sure you guys give him a follow. Uh, definitely someone that responds. I know you're super busy, and uh, I definitely feel a little bit of fanboy hopping in the DMs and asking to come on. And always, always easy to, to talk to. And I even did a, a compilation draft last year where fans picked their team, and uh, and I, I was like, no one better to do the Buffalo Bills pick than, than Mike and. And he, he was gracious enough to throw a video out there. So make sure you give him a follow. And uh, let's, let's first get into to some news. Um, Kevin O'Connell finally signed. So all of, the, all of the head coaching positions are filled. So as from your perspective, which, which coaching hire has the biggest impact as far as fantasy football? I think it's Mike McDaniel. Uh... And Brian Dable. Those are the two that I'm most excited to see next season. McDaniel, I, I think that he is going to really help that Miami Dolphins offense, especially for fantasy. Like, the dude already has my favorite quote that I've ever heard a coach say. He was like, one of the easiest ways to pick up yards is to put the ball in the hands of a really talented player. It's not that hard. Sometimes coaches make it seem like game planning is way too difficult Look at what San Fran was able to do this past year. And for years, the reason why Jimmy G is always towards the bottom of the league in passing yards that come before the catch is because that offense designs the, to get those guys the ball in space and get open. So I'm excited to see what he could do for Waddle and for Tua and those guys there in Miami. And then with Dable, that's my guy from Buffalo. He's done a great job the last few years, completely revamping his style to fit the strengths of the team. So uh, I think that his hiring is great for Daniel Jones, potentially, if it works out with him. And at the very least for Kadarius Tony, who I'm excited for in fantasy. Yeah, I'm glad you brought that up. I'm a big Giants fan. So uh, I definitely wanted to see an offensive hire. Uh, we've been in the bottom two of the league in offensive production the last two years in a row. And uh, I thought, you know, we couldn't bring anyone, anyone better. I thought he should have got hired last year. And uh, I was really, uh, really happy we were able to scoop him up. And, um, yeah, there's a lot of players that uh, had rough years last year. Um, and uh, I think there's nowhere to go but up. But, yeah, I'm excited for, for their production. And, uh, yeah, I saw uh, McDaniel said, uh, you probably want to start Jalen Waddle in fantasy. So, um, so yeah, let, let's, let's get into it. Let's, let's pull up the draft. Um, so I am going to look at the other screens. So if you see any comments or questions, please, uh, can you let me know? Um, and we're just going to get straight into the first round. So this is a super flex dynasty startup mock draft PPR. Uh, there's no tight end premium. 
And this was done about two weeks ago. So I'll put that out there. So OBJ did not uh, tear his ACL and uh, Tom Brady did not retire at the time of this draft, I believe. Um, and we start off the 101, Patrick Mahomes. If I knew Mike was on the show, I 100% would have taken Josh Allen. Um, but Josh Allen's the number two. And just to stop there, um, what are your thoughts there? Uh, is, is there a wrong answer if you go Allen or Mahomes? Um, in my opinion, I, I think Allen should be the, the number one. And I'm not saying that as a Bills fan, but the, the right answer is no. There's no wrong answer because both of these guys are young and elite and tied to uh, high-powered offenses. Mahomes has, you know, his same playmakers coming back, his same head coach, the same play caller. De uh, Allen doesn't have the same play caller next year, but everything else should be the same. Uh, the reason I like Allen more, though, is, one, he's been the best quarterback each of the last two seasons in fantasy, but also the way I always describe it is Allen can throw better than the quarterbacks who can match his rushing numbers. And he runs better than the quarterbacks who could match his passing numbers. So uh, to me, I think that he is the best dual threat. Uh, and it's why I have an article coming out. Uh, it should be coming out like tomorrow, I believe. My early top 12 quarterbacks for 2022. These guys are top of the list. But Josh Allen is number one for, for those reasons I said. But again, especially in Dynasty, you cannot go wrong with, with either of those two. All right. All right. I, I can take that. Uh, yeah, I, I agree. It, it's it's one of those where I usually don't take the 101 um, and I just happen to end up with the 101 here. And it was, uh, yeah, definitely a toss up between those two. Then Jonathan Taylor at 103, Najee Harris at 104, Justin Jefferson at 105, uh, Justin Herbert at 106, Kyler, Kyler Murray 107, Joe Burrow at 108, Jamar Chase at 109, Lamar Jackson 110, Christian McCaffrey 111, and then Dak Prescott at 112. Uh, is there anyone in that first round that stands out to you, whether it's uh, too high or too low? Um, no, I, I don't know if I would have went Dak necessarily there. Um, but uh, in a dynasty, I get it because he's younger than than the other guys I might have had ranked ahead of him. So, no, I, I don't really think – I was surprised a little bit by the gap between Justin Jefferson and Jamar Chase, but it was all quarterbacks in between those two. So it's not like there was a bunch of receivers going – in between them. I think those two are the unquestioned top two dynasty wide receivers. And I don't even think it's close. Uh, so yep. to get one of them in the first round is great. I I still think Lamar Jackson is awesome, even though I know some people are, are souring on him a little bit. And the thing with Dak, I know I was like a little iffy on him. Dak last year had a career low in rushing yards and he had one rushing touchdown after having 24 in his first five seasons. No surprise that he didn't really run the first year coming off of that lower leg injury. Maybe that aspect of his game is gone for good, but maybe it was just because he was still nursing his way back from that injury. I think there's a chance he could see Dak run a little bit more next season. If that's the case, that, that's a great pick there. Yeah, we talked about on the show last week with, you know, with the guys from Analytics of Dynasty, and uh, we talked about the, the top 12 points per game. And he's, he's like Dak Prescott is, is someone that he's a, he's a definitely a trade target. Um, he, as far as the analytics standpoint, um, missed some opportunities and uh, they thought a lot of his rushing upside was, was capped, maybe get the play calling or, or whatever it was. And um, he was someone that, that you can buy low on and, and yeah, Justin Jefferson and Jamar Chase. Um, do you, do you have, who is your, your one, if you have one. Jamar Chase um, only because 
he is tied to Joe Burrow for the next eight to ten years, hopefully. Uh, yep. Whereas Justin Jefferson, it sounds like they're going to roll with Kirk Cousins this year, but after that, uh, I, it becomes a little bit dicey. So just because we know that Chase is tied to a superstar quarterback that we've already seen. I mean, Jamar Chase is coming up the best rookie receiver season, I, I would argue, ever. Um, so because of that, I would have him at the one. But like I said, it's almost a coin flip between those two. And they are the un- – like, that's why the gap between those two and the next receiver was so wide because they are head and shoulders above the rest in Dynasty. Yeah, no, I'm with you there. And would you have taken them over the running backs, Jonathan Taylor and Najee Harris, if you were going to Dynasty startup? I think so, because they're just so young. I I know JT, uh, Harris is a little bit older than I think people realize. JT is still young himself, but running backs just break down sooner. I I get it. Uh, In redraft, I'm always a RB early guy. Like, I I would be fine with either of those two guys over the receivers, but in Dynasty, uh, especially – Chase, who's again tied to Joe Burrow, I would have a tough time passing up him. Yeah, no, I'm with you there. And, you know, this one, you're putting teams together, um, you know, rankings, you're just kind of putting it in a vacuum. But uh, for yeah, for Jamar Chase, being tied to Joe Burrow puts him over Jefferson in my rankings as well. And I would have taken him over, over Taylor Harris for those same reasons. Um, if you see your players to buy back in on the board, if you could please just give us a little bit of why. When that comes up, you got it. So for 201, DeAndre Swift, Trevor Lawrence, Kyle Pitts, Javante Williams, Austin Eckler, AJ Brown. Yeah, yeah. Kyle Kyle Pitts, if number tight end one, Uh, AJ Brown. That's one of my guys to buy back. Oh, then let's go. Let's talk about Kyle Pitts. Why why are we buying back in Kyle Pitts? And is he your tight end one? Uh, he is my tight end two as of now, right behind Mark Andrews, but there's a good chance come the summer that, that he is. I just want to make sure that they don't do anything at the quarterback position, uh, because I know they're saying they want Matt Ryan, but maybe one falls to them in the draft or something like that. But if it's Matt Ryan and and that's it, no, no, like rookie taken or anything like that. I'm all in for Kyle Pitts because my thinking is, did he live up to our massive fantasy expectations? No. But did he live up to the expectation of being the best rookie tight end in decades? Yes. And the biggest thing is he was the only – him and Cole Beasley were the only players with over 100 targets and one tar- – oh, I'm sorry, and LaVisca Chanel with one touchdown or fewer on over 100 targets. He is a unicorn that is a – I think going to be a great red zone weapon as he continues to develop. So I think that you could give him touchdown regression. If you gave him just six touchdowns, which was the average for players with a hundred or more targets, we're talking about him being the tight end four last year. And then if you say like he gets a year where he gets like 10 touchdowns, which I don't think is even crazy to say for Kyle Pitts, then he's the unquestioned tight end one. So for me, I think it's our expectations that led to some people calling Kyle Pitts a bust. I think more and more people are going to come around it, to it as they look into just how good he was last year as a rookie. Uh, but we expected him to come in and, and put up like Kelsey Kittle, Waller numbers right yeah. away. Yeah, he didn't do that. But he's still way better than any other rookie tight end. And I think he's going to continue to get better as we go year to year. So easily in Dynasty, the tight end won. And in fact... I would argue you could consider taking him in the first round. I know he went early second here, but that's where he should go, I think, late first, early second. 
Yeah, he's he's 21 years old. Uh, he just he just was able to start buying beer. Um, <laughs> he's, he's a super young guy. And you spoke about uh, uh, Najee Harris earlier. Alexander Madison, I saw that earlier. Alexander Madison is younger than Najee Harris. Um, so yeah, Which Kyle is- Pitts. Oh, we also overlooked one other guy to buy back in. I'll be very quick on him. Uh, Christian McCaffrey, because I I don't believe he's injury prone. I think he's had some freak injuries, which happens to a player who touches the ball as much as Christian McCaffrey. We have not seen his talent fall off. He is still elite every time he touches the ball. Uh, A shoulder injury, a high ankle sprain, and a hamstring strain doesn't make you injury prone because those are all three separate injuries. So Mm -hmm. I think it's been more bad luck than anything so i i'm back in on cmc for next year yeah as someone that's never been able to go get christian mccaffrey because i've never had like the 101 in my my dynasty drafts um this is your chance to get him, and your the price is is you know it's not gonna get any higher than it is during you know at the end of the season when everyone else is excited about these rookies excited about the rookie picks and i got the last view of him was walking off the field you know, after the half with the, you know, the hamstring injury. So no, I, I like those, I like those picks a, a lot. And, you know, with, with Kyle Pitts, everyone go look up Mike Dicka's numbers. Uh, Mike Dicka was a, a freaking beast. And uh, some of his, uh, some of his numbers, his rookie season were uh, out of this world. Um, so at 207, we had Cooper Cup. Then we had CD Lamb at 208, Tyreek Hill 209, Devontae Adams at 210. Joe Mixon at 211, Debo Samuel at 212. A lot of receivers right there. Um, again, other than Kyle Pitts, who sticks out in this one um, too high, too low? Um, I was surprised to see A.J. Brown go ahead of Cooper Cup. I, I understand he's younger, but I think my one issue I have, and this is a draft philosophy thing. It's I'm not saying that's a wrong pick, but for me, I think – too many times in dynasties people think four or five years down the road look aj brown's a beast right now don't get me wrong but i can't confidently say that he's going to outproduce cooper cup the next three seasons and to me that's what i'm playing for like football everything changes year to year just think about it three years ago todd Gurley would have been a first round pick now he's not even in the nfl so so much changes so quickly in the nfl that when i draft I tend to look at the next, even in a dynasty startup, the next two, maybe three seasons. So I would have went Cooper Cup there ahead of him. That's what, uh, but I, I can't argue with because again, AJ Brown is younger. He's great himself. So you're thinking long term there. It's just my philosophy. I, I would have went Cup, uh, and you could make the case for Devontae Adams with that too. But I get because of Adams with with Rodgers being up in the air and and where Adams is going to be playing next year up in the air. But I think if we had, like, if right now, if we knew those guys were both going to be in Green Bay, I, I would have a tough time taking all of those receivers over Devontae Adams. Yeah, no, I agree. Uh, A.J. Brown, you know, he has been up and down. Everyone kind of thinks of him of having, like, this blow-up rookie season. And it really was a pretty rocky rookie season. Uh, he ended the year extremely strong. Um, but it's just, it's been hit or miss with him. He's never been a, a consistent player like some of these other guys and to have him as the third wide receiver off the board. I think you can make arguments for every single one of those guys uh, in that little stretch there to go, to go ahead of AJ Brown. Uh, and I, I thought, you know, Javante Williams, I, I like that pick and, and Austin, Austin Eckler. Um, but to, you know, you're only seeing six, 
six six running backs. I was at three, yeah, seven running backs in the first two rounds. I thought it was pretty interesting. Yeah, it, that, that's where Dynasty and Redraft are completely different. Because in Redraft, you might see seven running backs go with the first seven picks. So that yeah. is the – I would say running backs are the by far the biggest difference in Dynasty. And I know this is super flex, so it pulls up quarterbacks. But still, like seven and two rounds, that's, uh, that's a big difference from what it would look like in the Redraft. Yeah. And the third round, we had Dalvin Cook, 301, Jalen Waddle, 302, Alvin Kamara, 303, uh, D- Nick Chubb, 304, DK Metcalf, 305. We had three receivers in a row for Jordan. Um, Derek Henry, 306, uh, Saquon Barkley, 307, Mark Andrews, 308, Russ Will- Russell Wilson, 309, Trey Lance, 310, Deshaun Watson, 311, and Matthew Stafford, 312. What are your thoughts on this round? To me, the, the pick of the third round uh, was Trey Lance. Like, this kid is young. He's tied to a great offense with a great play caller. And in a passing game, that doesn't ask the quarterback to do a whole lot. Um, Jimmy G, every year, like half his passing yards came after the catch because they asked him to make short, simple throws to open receivers and let those guys do what they do. Uh, yep. Maybe that's oversimplifying it a little bit, but – I think they're not going to ask Trey Lance to do a whole bunch as year one. I think you could keep the offense kind of similar to what it was, but now you're incorporating a quarterback that can run like Jalen Hurts, Lamar Jackson, with the best of them in the league, who also has a cannon for an arm and is going to open up that deep ball that we haven't seen uh, in a couple of years. So, like, I would take Trey Lance over Russell Wilson in a redraft, let alone in a dynasty. So, uh, to me – him going a full round after Trevor Lawrence and, and after Russ, I was like, that is, in my opinion, the best pick uh, of the third round. But I also really like the Jalen Waddle pick because he would be in my top five dynasty wide receivers, but you get him a little bit after that. Yeah, no, I, I like that. And yeah, I like the Trey Lance pick. Whenever I, you know, looking back at this draft, I definitely wish I would have taken him in the third instead of waiting. Um, Cause you see, I, I paid for that uh, heavily. Um, you know, Deshaun Watson, I thought was a little bit of a risky pick. Um, and then he, you know, backed it up with, with Aaron Rodgers in the next round, um, uh, went risky, but I feel like sometimes when you take that risk, um, the, the, the problem is you have to get insurance. So it, it costs you a couple of picks, but at the end of the day, if both those guys starting quarterbacks next year, he's going to have some really hefty, uh, trade capital. Uh, if someone is in, in need of a quarterback. Um, so sure. the, the fourth round, we had, had Stefan Diggs, Aaron Rodgers, Antonio Gibson, J.K. Dobbins, Cam Akers, Deontay Johnson, T. Higgins, George Kittle, Chris Godwin, Jalen Hurts, Justin Fields, Mac Jones. Uh, what are your thoughts on this round? Too high, too low? Uh, so w- this round started off with one of my players to buy back in on, and that is Stefan Diggs. And I know people might be like, who is not buying Stefan Diggs? But the thing is, Last year, he was a top three receiver off the board. I'm thinking this year he's going to go more. I mean, in this one, I understand it's dynasty, so it's a little bit different, but he's a borderline top 10 wide receiver pick here. I think he's going to be more like the seventh, eighth wide receiver off the board in redraft. And the thing is, Diggs this past year was, I know his stats weren't as good as what they were the year before, but um, the targets were almost identical. He had 23 end zone targets, which was the most any players had since DeAndre Hopkins in 2017. The only thing is his catch rate 
dropped dramatically. It was the lowest it's been since his rookie season. So maybe it won't be as high as it was in 2020. But if his catch rate gets back to even his career norm and he continues to be the focal point of the Bills offense in the red zone and the end zone, I think that this guy has a case to finish as the overall wide receiver one in 2022. Uh, And you get him at a bit of a discount. You're not paying for that 2020 season anymore. So that to me uh, stood out. But my favorite pick of this round was Cam Akers because Cam Akers, I know, didn't look good in the playoffs. And that's suppressing his value, at least it feels like as of now. My opinion is I don't really care that much what he did in the playoffs. This was a man that was seven months removed from an injury that we worried was going to derail his career. And he was out there leading them in snaps, in touches. He was touching the ball almost 20 times a game in the playoffs. So results be damned. The fact that McVay and the Rams had that much faith in him and the Rams are a team that likes to utilize a lead running back. And I think Akers you know, now getting another eight months to recover from this injury, we're going to see the explosiveness. Like he was clearly missing that, that fifth year that he has and that explosive burst. So once that, I think that'll come back as he gets more removed from this surgery. So I'm hoping the playoffs kind of push him into RB two territory, but I think that guy's an RB one and you got him in the middle of the fourth round. Yeah. And not to mention the Rams offensive line, the interior of that offensive line was horrible. Um, Akers was getting hit behind the line of scrimmage a lot, which caused for a lot of negative gains. So, you know, people focused on his yards per carry when he really didn't have a chance. Half those carries were resulting in negative yards just because of how bad the offensive line was, you know, on top of everything else going on. Plus it's the, it's the playoffs. So you're playing against the, the elite of the defenses. Um, yeah, for, for this round, you know, I, I think there's, there's a lot of interest because you got a lot of guys um, we talked about it earlier with you know, a lot of unknowns. So, you know, you know who T. Higgins quarterback is next year, but you don't know who Chris Godwin's quarterback is or Deontay Johnson's quarterback is. You don't know where Aaron Rodgers is going to play next year. So there's just, there's a lot of intrigue in this round. I think some of these picks could improve or, or get worse um, as we learn more in free, you know, free agency in the draft. The fifth round. Oh, yeah, for sure. It, and what are, what are your thoughts there on uh, the Steelers situation? Do you think they go out and get a big a big time guy? I think they're going to go all in on Malik Will- uh, Willis. I I that's just the vibe it, that it was no secret really at the from everyone who covered the Senior Bowl that Mike Tomlin was like enamored with Malik Willis. Uh, so unless he shoots up into like the top five, I think they're going to be aggressive and go after him. I don't see how they can go into a season with Mason Rudolph and Dwayne Haskins as their only quarterbacks there. So maybe if they don't get Willis, I I keep saying Jameis Winston, uh, but maybe they make a trade for Jimmy G. I, I do think they will have a, a better quarterback than Mason Rudolph starting week one. Okay. Yeah, no, I'm with you there. And I like the Malik Willis call. I have heard that. Um, you know, we've heard everything from Jimmy G to Aaron Rodgers to um you know to Mitch Trubisky we've there's been a lot of different things reported um but I think you know a lot of the the check marks and some of the elite you know some of the big time sources are are pointing to them drafting a quarterback and Malik Willis Willis has been the the top name um for the fifth round we had David Montgomery DJ Moore Travis Kelsey Ezekiel Elliott Tua Tagovailoa we had Elijah Moore 
Devonta Smith, Travis Etienne, Terry McLaurin, Elijah Moore, Darren Waller, Aaron Jones. Uh, anyone stick out in this round for you, Mike? I, I liked both the Elijah picks, Mitchell and Moore, specifically Elijah Moore. Uh, he's one of my players to buy back in on for next season. Remember all the hype we heard all summer about this kid? Then he got a little uh-huh. banged up, had a slow start to the season. But there was a stretch in the middle of the year where for six games, he was a wide receiver one. Uh, he scored six touchdowns in that span, and he did so with the mirage of quarterbacks ranging from bad to meh with Zach Wilson, Mike White, uh, Josh Johnson, and Joe Flacco. Yet he was putting up to over 20 fantasy points per game in that span. Then he got hurt, and we didn't really see him again the rest of the year. So he finishes the wide receiver 50 on the year. I think people might forget a little bit about that, how good he was during that stretch. But he looked the part, and he looked – like all those rave reviews uh, were deservingly so. So I think that he has a, a breakout candidate, but you don't have to pay it as even anywhere close to his ceiling because he only had that good six-game stretch. Mitchell, I just think, is going to be the lead running back in one of the best systems in football. And then I also really like the Darren Waller pick. I, I think last year was the absolute floor for Darren Waller. It was a lost year for him. He was yeah. banged up, missed a bunch of time. The Raiders went through a bunch of stuff off the field uh so to get him as the tight end five i think there's five elite tight ends he's one of them you get him at the cheapest and by a good margin like kelsey goes in this same round but i mean you get him three rounds after kyle pitts like as much as i love kyle pitts that's a good value for darren waller yeah no i like that call and and with elijah moore um, Jameson Crowder, um, his contract is you know at a point where they can move on very easily from him. It's going to open up some more time. Zach, you know, you know Zach Wilson, who he stacked with him, is going to be in the second year in the offense. Um, you know, I, I like the Tua pick here. Um, I, I think you know the McDaniel hire may not have happened before this draft, but I, I like it for that reason. Um, I really feel like Tua has gotten the short end of the stick. Um, one of my biggest beefs with uh, with Flores has been his offensive coordinator hires. Uh, I thought Chan Gailey was an awful hire. Um, Chan Gailey has just, and for the situation, um, Chan Gailey has not kept a job more than two years in, in the NFL, any job that he's had. And you just don't put someone like that with a rookie quarterback. And of course, what happened, Chan Gailey retired after one year. Um, and then they had two different offensive coordinators last year. Correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, I believe you're right, yes. And so he's he's going into year three, and he's already on to his fourth offensive coordinator. Um, so it's just not not the best situation. But I think McDaniel is a, a chance to correct that. Um, what what are your thoughts about Tua? Is he someone that you're interested in as far as uh, your dynasty or fantasy in general? Uh, Tua is a hard one for me to figure out. I, I was pretty excited for him last season as a, I, I thought he had some breakout upside. And, and you're right with everything you said, but he himself had too many games where he just did not look the part. Uh, so I, I don't mind him as like a quarterback too, um, but Mike, because of Mike McDaniel and, and I still have faith in, in him and I, and I, I mean him and hearing him and Tua talk about how it's his job to get the greatness that's in Tua out, it, it was awesome, but yeah. There was just a couple of games last year that I was wa- like watching Tua. I came away unimpressed. So someone that I still believe, I-, I think, has a shot to break out, but he really needs to prove it now. Yep. 
And so we have the next round. Uh, starts out with Dallas Goddard at 6-1. Calvin Ridley at 6-2. Zach Wilson at 6-3. Michael Pittman, 6-4. Mike Evans, 6-5. Marquise Brown, a lot of interesting talk about him. Uh, do you have any any thoughts on that? Have you, you heard anything about Marquise Brown possibly walking away from the game? The only person I saw tweeted was someone with like 200 followers who I had never heard of and was unverified. <laughs> so I'm going to say that was not true. Um, but you never know in today's NFL. You never know. Uh, it's the, the, the word out there from a few different people, I think CJ Goldston was the maybe the most followers that I saw that had this, is uh, uh, Marquise Brown was going to walk away and pursue his uh, gaming and content creation career. Um, Derek Carr at 6'7", Kirk Cousins at 6'8", Keenan Allen at 6'9", Michael Carter at 6'10", Josh Jacobs 6'11", and Clyde Edwards-Alaire at 6'12". Uh, who, who sticks out in this round or any of your guys in here? Yeah, so there, there's two that really stick out to me. The first is Michael Carter. He was in my article of players to buy back in on, and it's very similar to Elijah Mitchell. Like, I only look at a small stretch of games for him, but we know coaches do this weird thing with rookies early on where they make them earn touches. So when Michael Carter really started to get more involved was week four, and then he played as the Jets starter through week 11 until he suffered a high ankle sprain. So what I kind of do with him is I take away the first couple of weeks where he was sharing the backfield with Tevin Coleman and Ty Johnson. And then I throw out from, from the high ankle sprain on because he missed a lot of time and clearly wasn't 100% when he returned. But in that seven-game stretch, he averaged nearly 16 fantasy points per game on 16 touches per game. So – Michael Carter was a running back that I believe was really talented coming into last year. I think he showcased that. Uh, and I think he's got the potential to finish as an RB1, but I, more realistically, I think he could be a high-end RB2, and you don't have to pay that price to get him. And then my arguably my favorite pick of the entire draft is Calvin Ridley because Calvin Ridley is a wide receiver one. We know the talent he has. Last year, I think so many people have rubbed the wrong way because last year we were expecting monstrous things without Julio Jones. Everyone was saying, this is the wide receiver to take. He was going in the top five. He's going to be the wide receiver one. He could run away with it, blah, 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 blah. It didn't work out. And I know partially it didn't work out because they were using him a little bit different, and I did not love that. But then he had all the off-the-field stuff. He walked away. And because of that, I think people are just forgetting just how damn good Calvin Ridley is. So uh, he's someone that I already anticipate having on a lot of teams, especially if he ends up somewhere else and gets that fresh start. He's one of the best deep ball receivers in the league. We know he can be used in the end zone and score a bunch of touchdowns. He is still a wide receiver one talent, but you don't have to pay anywhere close to a wide receiver one price. Yeah, Mark is is a he's a wild man. I, a lot of risks over here, but he's swinging for the fences. And uh, when you look at it, he's got two of your guys to buy back in on. Um, but he's got you know Deshaun Watson is you know a big swing right there. That could be a huge hit um, in the third round in a super flex dynasty startup. And, and then he's got you know Michael Thomas and Calvin Ridley as his receivers. Those could be big hits as well. And you'll see later on down he's got Jordan Love, um, and, and that's you know a very small price to pay if that ends up being the, the Packers starting quarterback next year. Um, in this round, I thought Keenan Allen stuck out. Uh, I know it's a dynasty draft, but he's just so consistent. And I'm like you, I, I'm not 
you know, I'm not going, oh man, this team is going to be so good in five years. I'm looking at a two or three year window as well. And Keenan Allen consistently produces. He's tied to an elite quarterback. And even if I just get two more years of elite production in a PPR setting in the sixth round, uh, I'm totally fine with that. Anyone else this round before we get out of it? Uh, this round, I, I think we covered it because the other two that's, I mean, Keenan was another one that stood out to me. So, yeah, I think we got this round uh, covered. All right. And, and Marcus Grant also said, go get Michael Carter. So everybody that's, that's two of my, two of the top guys. So you need to definitely go get Michael Carter on your dynasty rosters. Um, Deandre Hopkins, Brandon, Ayuk, Carson Wentz, Ryan Tannehill, Darnell Mooney, AJ Dillon, TJ Hawkinson, Amon Ross St. Brown, Jerry Judy, Rashad Bateman, Michael Thomas, and Amari Cooper for the seventh round. Uh, who sticks out in this round for you? I, I love the value on DeAndre Hopkins, Michael Thomas, Amari Cooper. Uh, those are all guys who have been wide receiver ones as of two years ago, and now you're getting them this late after guys that they clearly would be going way ahead of if we were drafting just for the next two years. So just going with my philosophy, I love those picks. But the one that really caught my eye, is my guy Jerry Judy, uh, and I, I backed Jerry Judy heavily last season, and I know it didn't work out. He had the high ankle sprain early on. He said he came back and he was okay after that, but the offense at that point had kind of morphed into one that was clearly built around the two running backs, uh, and they just were not throwing the ball a lot at all, not taking downfield shots. I don't even believe he had an end zone target last year, so it, it was about as bad usage-wise as it could have gone for Jerry Judy, but the thing I love, he was the wide receiver one over Cortland Sutton, Noah Fant, and those other guys there. So I think if they upgrade that quarterback position, which I think they are heavily going to be in the market for a quarterback, then I think Jerry, the sky is the limit for Jerry Judy. I, I truly believe he is that talented, despite the fact that when me and Marcus Grant spoke to him last week on Radio Row, he did not know any of the performers from the Super Bowl halftime show. Wow. Wow. Uh, so stock down for Jerry Judy, um, <laughs> but stock up as well when he gets the upgrade, because there really isn't any there. There is of all the options that are out there. It, it there's going to be an upgrade because there's not really much, much room to go than up. Um, but I'm going to ask everybody every week until we know what the answer is. Who do you think is the Denver Broncos starting quarterback week one, 2022? I was really thinking Aaron Rodgers for a while, and, and I still kind of lean that direction, but it seems like him and Green Bay might be might be making up. So if that's the case, I think they're a strong play for Deshaun Watson. I, I think they would be in on Jimmy G. I, I don't think this is a team that wants to draft a, court, a quarterback. I think they want to bring in a proven veteran because the rest of their roster is built to win now. And yep. we know that you have to do that when you have the opportunity in the NFL. Yeah, no, I think this, this is one of those teams and, and you, you know, the staff Stafford winning the Super Bowl after Brady winning the Super Bowl, after they both changed teams makes it really interesting. Um, you know, the, the teams are, are going to be okay with, you know, some of the, these all in moves and Russell Wilson, Deshaun Watson, I could see either of them there. And, um, you know, Rogers, we'll see, but it's a really tough division. I don't know if Rogers is going to take a leap to go from the NFC to go hang out with Patrick Mahomes and Justin Herbert. 
Um, he's got a pretty easy path there in the NFC, but someone like a Deshaun Watson or uh, Russell Wilson going over there would be electric for uh, Cortland Sutton and Jerry Judy. Um, so I'll go with Wilson. You're going to go with Watson? Yeah. We'll see, yeah. This in, we'll see in a month. Yeah. Hope, it's going to be a fun offseason at the very least because of all these quarterback moves. Yeah, yeah, and one move could cause another. You know, if if Tennessee picks somebody up, then Ryan Tannehill's on the move. Um, there could be a lot of ripple effects to, to a lot of these moves. And seventh round, we got uh, we already did the seventh round, so we're in the eighth round. We got Hunter Renfro, Miles Sanders, Chase Claypool, Damian Harris, Baker Mayfield, Rashad Penny, Pat Firemuth, Devin Singletary, Daniel Jones, Tyler Lockett, Dalton Schultz, and then Davis Mills. Anyone stick out to you in this round? Yeah, the two running backs that went in the middle, uh, Rashad Penny and Devin Singletary, both were running backs that late in the year really got their opportunity and came to life. What, what Rashad Penny did over that last month won a bunch of people championships. Devin yep. Singletary, not only did he become the Bills' lead running back, he played over 90% of the snaps in the playoffs. No other running back top 75 so uh, percent. So, that guy was getting goal line work. He was getting passes in the passing game. Both of those two are running backs that if their teams don't add competition to that running back room, I think they can both be RB2s, maybe even a little bit higher when it comes to Penny. Uh, I think that's asking a lot, though. But I, I like those guys as like weekly starts if they don't bring in more options there. And you got them quite late compared to some of the other running backs. Yeah, and, and if you look at your top performers at the end of the year, there's a, there's a commonality between a, a lot of the guys, and that is you know being being near top offenses. And you you know people may not love Devin, Devin Singletary as a player, but the situation is great. And if he's the lead guy, I mean they they obviously did not have some trust in him, but the trust seemed to be earned throughout the year. And and like you said, ninety percent. Um, we didn't see a lot of burrito. We didn't barely see any, any Moss. And one of the biggest things that I think that was a threat to him was Josh Allen getting those red zone touches. Uh, and he got trust during, during that. So, um, so I like Singletary and I'll throw Harris in there in that same conversation. I know that I felt the effects of playing against Damian Harris several times at the end of the year. And I'm like, man, Harris just scored. And then I'm looking, I'm like, every time I look at the, the Patriots game, Harris is in the end zone. Uh, he had a couple three touchdown games at the end of the year. It felt like LeGarrette Blunt. Um, and, and he's someone, you know, again, this is the eighth round. If you're getting these guys in the eighth round, you know, um, running backs are, are, are tough because you have to pay a lot to get a running back. Um, but the risk of losing them due to injury is, is so much higher. Um, you're only paying eighth round for all three of those guys. And then Miles Sanders included. We know he's got some potential. Yeah. The only thing is, is Philly going to let that guy score a touchdown this year? <laughs> yeah. And, and we, we don't know the answer to that question <laughs> um, because they, yeah, they don't, they don't seem to want to do that. Um, Dalton Schultz, I thought was another good pick uh, two years in a row. He's been a top, you know, top tight end and tight ends are really hard to find and to get one. You know, it's all about value. You don't really love love or hate the players sometimes. It's it's just about value at this point. And uh, if, even if you don't like Dalton Schultz at that value, you might like him a lot more. I, I went with Davis Mills here, and uh, I know he's not necessarily maybe the, the biggest fantasy fantasy guy, but I'm a Davis Mills fan, and uh, I, I, I definitely think he is 
going to be the starting quarterback for the Houston Texans next year and uh, a starting quarterback in, in, in dynasty, even if it's uh, you know, if, if it's just a trade piece, uh, I wanted to get a piece of that. What, what are your thoughts about Davis Davis mills and Superflex? I think it's a good pick on your part. I think he will be the starter again this year. I, I am not sold on him long-term, but I think he did enough to earn a year for the Texans to kind of see what they have in him. If anything else, maybe he's a bridge because this is a weak draft class uh, for yep. quarterbacks. So maybe the, I, I'm thinking they go into this year with Davis Mills, see what they have in the kid. If, if he works out and he continues to build on, I mean, he improved as the year went on last year. Maybe they found something. And if not, they have a, I think then they go get their quarterback in next year's draft when it's a better quarterback class. Yeah. And you know, he had the worst situation in football. And uh, like I said, I, I think he did pretty well with what he had and, and it can only get better. Um, and speaking of his situation, Brandon Cooks went at the 9-1 spot, followed by Ramondre Stevenson, Leonard Fournette, Noah Fant, Tony Pollard, Juju Smith-Schuster, Matt Ryan, Odo Beckham Jr., Jimmy Garoppolo, Cortland Sutton, James Robinson, and then Robert Woods to finish out the ninth round. Who sticks out for you? Any of your buyback guys in there? None here, but I like your pick of Brandon Cooks. I like it even more that you paired him with Davis Mills, but Brandon Cooks is underrated every year, and every year he, he, he might end up on a different team this year, which would be huge for his fantasy value because, like you said, it was a really bad situation last year. So if he goes to a better offense, that only helps. But even if he doesn't, you're looking at big weekly volume, and you can get a little stack there between him and Davis Mills. I like that a lot. The other one that stood out was Leonard Fournette. I understand why he went where he went. But again, if you're in win-now mode and, and you're going for it this year, getting Leonard Fournette this late only helps that. Yeah, he stood out. When I was reading the names off and I said Ramondre Stevenson, then Leonard Fournette felt like a, a mistake. Um, so I, I like that one. I'm not I'm not a big Stevenson guy. I'm Not that I love any Patriots running back, but uh, I like – you know, Harris, and especially when they're, they're that close, um, you know, Juju is going to be very interesting. People are out on Juju. Um, and I know the TikTok stuff and some of the other things going on, but what, what are your thoughts on Juju? Is he, is he someone that, you know, he, he's super young um, and he's probably going to be going to a different team. Um, do, does it depend on the team for you or are you going to buy, you know, are you interested to see where Juju goes? I am definitely interested to see where he goes, but it depends on the team because I haven't ruled out the fact that he could return to Pittsburgh again. I mean, he had offers from the Kansas City Chiefs last year to be their number two wide receiver, and he turned it down to go play in Pittsburgh. He said, I want to end my career here. So maybe he wants to stay there. And if he's staying there with Deontay uh, Johnson and, and Chase Claypool and, and Pat Fryermuth and catching balls from either a rookie or or Mason Rudolph, maybe Jimmy G, something like that. I don't think it's the best situation for his fantasy value. But if he goes, maybe he goes to the Chiefs this year and he decides, you know what, I made a mistake last year. Then I'm definitely back in on on Juju Smith-Schuster. Yeah, this this is a very uh, this could have been a much better um, free agency. Uh, we had some injuries that really, you know, threw some things off. Michael Gallup tore his ACL, Odo Beckham tore his ACL, but it, it's still going to be a, a very uh, high profile um, wide receiver class for free agency. Um, so it, it will be interesting where Juju goes, especially when we see where some of the other you know people land. 
and maybe some of the spots that he wants to go get taken by some of these other guys. Um, so 10-1, we had Kareem Hunt. Then we had Jordan Love, Chase Edmonds, Dawson Knox, Christian Kirk, Mike Williams, James Conner, Gabriel Davis, Kadarius Toney, Cordero Patterson, Allen Robinson, and Mike Kosicki. What are your thoughts about this round? I thought the receivers, all five of them really, that went in this round are all really interesting. I, I think Kirk and Mike Williams, two free agents, are, are good. I, I think they're really talented wide receivers. It just depends on the offense they end up. Allen Robinson, a free agent as well, who made it very clear he did not want to be in Chicago last year. I think he could be a resurgence. But those other two, Gabriel Davis and Kadarius Tony, And Kadarius Tony was one of my players to buy back in on next year. Um, because... Gabriel Davis, what he showed in the playoffs, I mean, was incredible. The four-touchdown game against the Chiefs. Also, what I don't think enough people are talking up with Gabriel Davis is outside of him and Stephon Diggs, all of the other notable Bills receivers are free agents. So they're unlikely to bring back all three of them. I think naturally there's just going to be a lot more opportunity for Gabriel Davis this year. And then Kadarius Toney. I I know he didn't show us a whole lot last year, but against the Cowboys' top-rated defense, He did have a game with 10 catches and 189 yards. I think he was a better route runner than he got credit for coming out of college. So I really am excited for Tony uh, in this Giants offense now with Brian Dable. And I don't think you're going to have to pay anywhere near a high price to get him. Like, he's so young. And even in this dynasty league, we're talking, what is this, the ninth, 10th round he went in? I think it's pure upside at that point. Yeah, as a Giants fan, I remember seeing that game and then him coming back, he was injured. And the first drive of the next game, he had four catches for 45 yards on the first drive. And he had just just some of those joystick, um, you know, he just makes people look stupid um, moves. Um, But then, of course, you know, he he ended up getting hurt. Um, And he never was the same really after that. Um, but yeah, Gabriel Davis, um, it feels like this happened after the Bills, you know, Chiefs game, but I don't think it did. I just, I don't know if people are, are, are going to get too excited about him and, and they probably should. I mean, personally, I would have him two or three rounds higher. Um, I would take him over, over Juju Smith-Schuster. Um, and I was definitely considering him over there with the, the Brandon Cooks pick. Um, the upside's too high. He's on a great offense tied to a great quarterback. And and I, I just think you're you're gonna see more success from, from Gabriel Davis at least the next two years. Next Agreed. next round next round we had Chris Carson started off at 11-12. Kenny Galladay. Um I'm going backwards here. Um so Adam Thielen at 11-1, Jameis Winston 11 2, Michael Gallup 11-3. Kenny Gainwell, 11-4. Van Jefferson, 11-5. Melvin Gordon, free agent, 11-6. Cole Komet, 11-7. Alexander Madison, 11-8. Jared Goff, 11-9. Hunter Henry, 11-10. Kenny Galladay, 11-11. And then Chris Carson at 11-12. Who stands out for you this round? Any of your guys here? None of my guys here, but a couple of names that did stand out. Like Jameis Winston, I think, will get a starting job. Uh, so I think getting, you know, a, a starting quarterback in a super flex this late is a strong pick. Uh, Van Jefferson, I, I think he's a good, talented wide receiver, man. He's just buried on the depth chart. I know he faded as the year went on, uh, but I still believe in him. Melvin Gordon, I think depending on where he lands, could be a really good pick at this spot. Similar to what we were saying about Fournette a couple rounds ago. I know long term, 
he's a little bit up there in age and touches, but if you're in win now mode, he helps. And then you're a Giants fan. I'm, Kenny Galladay. I, I, I'm not really buying back in on Kenny Galladay, but getting him in the end of the, we said this is the, yeah, the end of the 11th round in a dynasty feels like really just low value. Like his value can't get any lower than this. Yeah, uh, the Giants upgraded uh, from offensive coordinator Jason Garrett to Brian Dable is going to reflect at Kenny Galladay. They've invested a lot of money in him and zero touchdowns last year. Um, so we're definitely going to want to see want to see what we can see there. Um, as far as we got, we have we got trouble here. Um Trubisky in the next round. What are your thoughts about Trubisky? Do you think Trubisky is going to get a job next year, a starting job? I I think he's either going to get a starting job or he's going to be brought in and as a backup in a situation where he likely can get a – like if he doesn't get a starting job, I think he's like a great backup quarterback for like the New York Giants because he knows that Brian Dable system. He was with the Bills last year. He – is a similar quarterback to Daniel Jones, right? Like he, he can move a little bit with his legs. Uh, so I, I think he could, if he doesn't get a chance to start, and he very well might because there's not a lot of quarterbacks this year. It's a weak draft class, weak free agency class, and there's a lot of teams in need of a quarterback. But even if he doesn't, I think he could be brought into a situation with a volatile starter. And if things don't work out there, we could see him come in maybe – you know, a month in or, or two months into the season and get some starts after that. So I'm excited to see where Trubisky lands. I never thought I would say that. Yeah, and and, and with such a weak draft class, it could op- open the opportunity for him. Um, you know, a lot of these guys, and, and these guys could be great. You know, we don't know. Um, but with some of them, you know, perceived as developmental guys, it could open up the door for someone like Trubisky, who's he showed some promise in pre preseason, um, we know that he's got that kind of the, you know, maybe the Matt Nagy excuse that, you know, uh, someone out there had a high grade on Mitch Trubisky and all coaches think that they are the coach that can flip it around. Um, and if they're looking for somebody, you know, maybe he could be the guy that goes to Denver, um, if they miss out on the other guys or, you know, Pittsburgh. So yeah. to, uh, oh, go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. Oh, no, I was gonna say, like he could easily beat out Mason Rudolph. 110% could beat out Mason Rudolph. Um, so the, the next round, uh, we had Nico Collins, Cedric Wilson, Taysom Hill, Jarvis Landry, Jamal Williams, Julio Jones, Daryl Henderson, uh, Gus Edwards, Khalil Herbert, Ronald Jones, Trey Sermon, and we had Higby. Uh, actually, I did skip a round. We had uh, the Trubisky round, had Palmer, Gage, Ertz, Boyd, Hubbard, Chark, Corey Davis, Rondale Moore, LaVisca Chanel, Irv Smith, and Jacoby Myers. Anybody in that round stick out for you, Pastor Bisky? Yeah, I, I still can't quit Irv Smith. Uh, I was really <laughs> high on him last year before he got hurt. So I, I love taking him at a late flyer on him. And then Rondell Moore because A.J. Green and Christian Kirk are free agents. And I, I know Moore wasn't heavily used this past season in a way we liked. Like he had the shortest air yards per target, I think think if i'm remembering correctly it's in the next gen era like uh, amongst wide receivers at least like they were not throwing him the ball downfield at all but i just think there's gonna be a lot more volume for him than there was this past season 
Yeah, and you know, for me, I, I like the receivers in this round. Tyler Boyd is just uh, he's just a good PPR receiver. He may not be a solid uh, one or two, but he's someone you can you can flex, someone you can put in and you know by weeks. But Lavisca Chenault and Corey Davis stood out to me. Um, Lavisca Chenault, speaking of um, you know, no air yards. Um, glad to see that he's going to be able to to get used uh, in a better way. Uh, what do you think about Doug Peterson matching up there with Trevor Lawrence in that offense? Um, I'm not really excited about the running backs because of his previous use. Um, do you have any concern with the running backs? And what are your thoughts about the receivers? Uh, the running backs, yes, because he's never shown – like no running back has ever ran for 1,000 yards under Doug Peterson. Uh, only once, and it was Miles Sanders, did they ever top 200 fantasy points. So don't love the running backs. I, I think he is a great calming presence for Trevor Lawrence, which means good thing for the receivers. The only thing, I don't think they're number one wide receivers on the roster yet. This is a team with a bunch of cap and a bunch of draft capital. I think you go out and you use some of that cap on a veteran receiver who could be that wide receiver one, whether you, you I think you swing for the fences and go after like a Chris Godwin. But if you miss out, there's a lot of like secondary talent. Like you could bring in an Allen Robinson or or something like that. So I, I do think they're going to bring in another receiver. Um, but I, I think it's going to be a better year for the passing game for sure. It can't get any worse. If Allen Robinson has a, a bounce back season on the Jaguars, <laughs> I will be ecstatic. Uh, I love the Irv Smith call. Tyler Conklin is not as good of a tight end as Irv Smith is. And he was used pretty pretty well last year. Um, so when you look at someone, you know, with the, the routes run and the targets, uh, if Irv Smith got that, he can easily be a top 10 tight end and you're getting him in the 12th round. Uh, and he's another one that's super young. Those Alabama uh, players come out young. Oh, next, next round we had Tyler Higby. Uh, we, we had, I'll start, go back to the side. We had Nico Collins, Cedric Wilson, Taysom Hill, Jarvis Landry, Jamal Williams, Julio Jones, Daryl Henderson, C- Gus Edwards, Khalil Herbert, Ronald Jones, Trace Sermon, and Tyler Higby. Uh, anyone stick out in this round? The Joneses. Uh, Ronald Jones, I think, is a running back with a lot of explosiveness. He, he's definitely flawed, um, but Bruce Arians never really seemed to, to be behind Rojo. So maybe he can go somewhere where he gets more opportunity. And then Julio Jones. Look, I understand he's old. He doesn't have a lot of time left in the NFL. But second to last round, I, I still can't quite quit his upside, uh, and I would take a shot on him. All right. I'm struggling here. I was trying to uh, – there we go. I was trying to scroll down a little bit for us. There might be another round. But um, we'll just go with the 14th round and wrap it up. We got we have Daryl Williams – we have Terrace Marshall, Keyshawn Vaughn, Donovan Peoples-Jones, Devontae Parker, K.J. Osborne, Marcus Mariota, Kyle Trask. So it does look like Trubisky or uh, Brady might have retired mid-draft here or before the draft. Uh, Sam Darnold, Rob Gronkowski, Evan Ingram, and then f- finish it up with Will Fuller. Um, what do you think here about the 14th round? A couple of picks like Terrace Marshall Jr. I think he's really talented. I just want to see them upgrade the quarterback position. Devontae Parker with Mike McDaniels there. If they don't bring in more receivers, he's the number two there. Uh, Mike Gusecki's also a free agent, so he could get a little bit uh, of a value boost there. Gronk, I just think, is a great pick if he plays again this year. Uh, just good late end, tight end value. And then Will Fuller. 
I still can't quit Will Fuller. I, I know this past year was a lost year due to the injury, but he was on a one-year deal. He's a free agent again. Uh, if he is healthy and, and signs with a good offense, he's we all know the upside that he brings. So I, I thought that was a great pick by you. I appreciate that. And so just to go back through, um, any any one team um, stick out to you as you know a, a draft that you liked uh, considering the the format? Uh, I I like the second to last team. I, I think they went all in on win now mode, but I I like the start that um, they had the ten spot had Lamar Pitts Lance Gibson Elijah Moore like though though that's a really really good start. Um, I like your team as well. I, I think there's a, a few teams this one that I'm I would be like oh yeah I, I would draft a team like that. Yeah, I, I, and I like doing these. I mean, anyone, if you're not out there, I've heard people say, what are, what are mock drafts for? Like, what what's the mat? And it, it's, yeah, it's fun. But it, it's also, like, to do your homework. Like, you you want to practice the, the you know before you go and try to build a team. And um, looking at this, I'm going, all right, if I want to get one of the top five tight ends, I'm going to have to get it before round six, unless I'm a Dallas Goddard fan. Um, you know, I, I see where, you know, Maybe you want to get your, uh, you know, second quarterback before the four twelve, unless you're, you know, okay with getting Mac Jones or one of those guys. Um, so it kind of it, it gives you an opportunity to practice some different strategies as well as see where you know people are going. Um, you might say, man, I, I could have waited on receiver with all these guys like Gabriel Davis and Brandon Cooks, and and you know I could have stacked up on running backs a little bit higher, even though it's dynasty, knowing that there's there is so much depth at receiver. It's it's crazy. Every year. Every year it's like that. That's why uh, I, I like to get at least one workhorse running back in the first round because the receiver, like once you get past like the third round, every year the receivers available just are so much better than the running backs. Yeah, and it, it's not going to stop. Looking at the la- the next two crops of receivers, um, there's a lot of good receivers in this, this draft class. And then next year we have a, a bunch of studs. So, um, well, I really appreciate it. You've been really gracious with your time. Um, make sure you check out Mike's article tomorrow. Um, any, any parting words or anything, uh, before we get out of here? No, thank you for having me. This was a great time. I I always love getting to, to, it's hard in season, but I love getting to to be a guest here and and talk some ball with you and just at Michael F. Florio on on Twitter, the best place to follow me, you kind of, or Instagram. I'm on Instagram now too. Uh, you kind of, get all of my work in those one spots. So uh, I, I would, that's really all I would say. <laughs> cool. Well, I, I appreciate it. Make sure you guys give Mike a follow, check out his articles and uh, I hope you guys have, have a, a good rest of the off season and March. Honestly, March honestly is one of my favorite parts of the season. Um, but the NFL off season, the way it's scheduled is, is a lot of fun. And for a dynasty uh, fanatic, um, it is, it is super fun to see where everything goes. So thanks for your time, Mike, everyone. Good luck this season.